Hi, everybody. This is Leanne Finley-Maxwell, Panther City Partners. I'm back this week in our little mini-series on college study strategies. So this is the third part of a four-part series. And we've talked so far about the study cycle, which is to preview before you go to class, attend class and take notes, um, review your notes as soon as possible after class, and then use the time to reflect to really learn the material. And then last time we talked about time management and how you can use your time to get all of those pieces of the study cycle in. This week, I want to talk a little bit about how to take notes and how to read your textbook, because those are the two pieces that I think most students struggle with the most. So remember, we talk on here about life's transitions and going through changes, and going to college is a pretty big life change for most students. And whether you're going through college now, you're going to go in the future, you have children or siblings or family members going through college, these tips can be useful no matter what area of your life you're in, because eventually you're all going to take notes on something. So share this podcast with the people in your life who you think would benefit from this, but also think about how you could use these skills and these strategies in your own personal life even if or your work life, even if you're not currently a college student. But today I'm really speaking to um, college students. So note-taking. This is a pretty big um, skill that... I think some students either don't learn or don't realize they're learning it when they're learning it. So I, like I've said before, I definitely think that elementary schools and middle schools and college students do the very best job preparing students for college. The thing is, is that sometimes when things come easy in high school, you don't realize that you're actually learning a new skill. And so you get to college and you think, well, I don't know how to do this. Chances are you probably do know how to take notes. You just don't know how to take them in this new setting. So today I want to talk about taking notes in the new setting. And I kind of want to talk about it in, in the frame of that study cycle that we've talked about before, because really when you use the study cycle, you fit all of the pieces of studying into that cycle and you can start to see the big picture there. So the thing that I tell students, that preview section is for reading through your notes. Um, I think I mentioned this before, but sometimes your professors will be super awesome and they will give you the notes before class. So they will post their slideshow or whatever before class starts. So if you have a professor that does that, the number one tip I can give you is to print the notes and take them into class. The reason why you want to do this is so that you can write directly on those slides. If you don't take the note, if you don't take the written the slides with you to class, what happens is you wind up trying to write everything that's on the slide and you try to write everything that your professor is saying. And there's really no reason to do double work. You're already working hard enough in high in college um, in your classes. So what you want to do is you want to be efficient and take out one of those steps. One of those steps being go ahead and print off the notes so that you can um, write on them in class. Now, if you print those notes off, you can preview those before class. Now, that gives you a little bit of a different frame of reference because before I was saying read the notes that you took the last time in class, but if your professor gives you the notes in advance, you want to really read through the notes because again, like I said before, it tells you what's coming. It puts you in the frame of mind for this is this class. Um, and now I have an idea of where we're going. 
Now you want to attend class and take notes. Now, this is the piece that a lot of people feel like they're not prepared for. They say, I don't know how to take notes. You know, there's several different forms of note taking. And um, one of them is the notes that I like the best, and they're called the Cornell note system. So I'm going to show you what that looks like. You just take a, a regular sheet of paper. You're already using notebook paper, chances are. If you're not, if you're using like a note system on your tablet or your computer, you can set this up on there as well. But if you see what I've done here is I have about two inches from the left margin, I have drawn a line down the page. What I'm trying to do is create some space on the left-hand side of the page. Then on the right-hand side of the page, that's where you're going to take your notes. You're going to write down important topics, important facts. If your professor repeats something more than once, you're going to want to make sure you write that down. Definitions, dates. If they say, because this happened because of blah, 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 blah. You want to make sure you get down that because of, because that's a, that is a piece of what they're trying to explain. Whatever notes that you would normally take, you're going to take on this right-hand side, okay? The bottom is where you can write a summary of the notes that you took here on the right-hand side. And then this, this spot over here on the left-hand side, there's a couple of different things you can do with it. One, you can go back and when you read your book or let's say you listen to your lecture again, you've recorded it and you want to listen to it again, you can write new information around those same topics. The way I like to use Cornell Notes is on this left-hand side, after you've taken the notes, when you go back to review it or during your reflect time, you want to write questions on the left-hand side that the answer is on the right-hand side. Now, when you do that, you're creating a question-answer document that can easily be used now to self-test yourself when it's time to study for a test. You just fold back the paper, you ask yourself the questions, and then you can open it back up again to see if you got it right. This is a really key piece because what often happens is um, students take notes, but then they don't go back and do anything with them later. So creating that question answer page out of your Cornell notes gives you the opportunity to do something with your notes. Another way to take notes is to use a keyword format system. And so you again would put a line down the paper like we did in the Cornell notes where you have a line down the paper. And on the left-hand side, you would put like the main topics. And then on the uh, right-hand side, you would put the supporting details. That's just a way for you to, to structure your notes slightly differently. It does still give you plenty of room to write questions on that left-hand side of the paper, but it's it's showing your, your, you're making a more visual representation of this is the keyword and this is the supporting details. This is the keyword and this is the supporting details on the left and right-hand side of the pages. Another format that some people like to use is just your basic outline format, where you start on the left-hand side of the page, you put the topic um, as like Roman numeral one, and then you have subtopics underneath it. And then if you have a new topic, you put it back on the left-hand side. This can be difficult to do while you're in class because 
doing the outline form really expects you to kind of know where your professor is going. And so if you don't know where your professor is going, it can be difficult to create the outline form. Sometimes it's a good idea if you want to go back and do something with your notes later, you can take your original notes that you took in class and you can rewrite them in a different way. Um, and you can use the outline format. I'll talk a little bit more about rewriting your notes in a little bit. But the outline format, um, it just it helps you organize things. And that can be really useful. Some of your classes are very organized. And we're talking about this topic. And these are the sub points. And then we're going to talk about a new topic. And these are the sub points. Some professors structure their lectures that way. So it's really easy to do an outline format. But not all professors do that. And especially if you're in like a seminar class where lots of people are talking, it's not just led by your professor lecturing. It may not be the best format to use. The Cornell notes, however, can be used in any type of, of lecture. You could even do a combination of outline and Cornell notes where on the paper, again, you take your notes on the right-hand side of the page and you would, and for here, the notes would be in the outline format. And then later you go back in and ask, answer your questions. That's really kind of up to you. Um, the biggest chunk of, of taking notes really is going back later and using your notes. I said this just a little bit earlier, but I think it deserves to be mentioned again that a lot of times people take notes, whether they're, it's a work situation, a school situation, um, you're just out listening to a lecture that you enjoy, someone's talking and you take notes. But often what we do is we take notes and then we file them away and we never look at the, them again. And if you want your notes to be helpful, you really need to return and look at them again. So we talked about looking at them as soon as possible after class, after you've taken notes to fill in the gaps or to understand where you have questions. And that helps you be more prepared to use your notes. It helps you fill in those gaps and it helps you know hey, I have a question about this particular topic. I either need to find out right now from my professor or go back to a book. But if you do that right after class, you clarify the things you missed, then your notes are more useful to you later. I don't know how many times as an undergrad, I took notes and then I would do something again with them later. But sometimes I would look and I would see question marks that I had created during the time of taking notes. And then it would be three days later and now I have no idea what those question marks meant. So reviewing immediately after class helps you clear, clear up and clarify those question marks so that when you do use your notes later, you're more prepared. Now, the way to use your notes later. You really want to think about um, using this Bloom's taxonomy. This is just like a way of, of thinking about um, the way that we think. So the lower levels of thinking are going to be things like define and apply. Um, so you want to be able to define the words in your notes. Now, when you are taking um, a history class, you have some familiarity with history. That is this a subject that you have probably taken since you were a, in elementary school, social studies in elementary school. But that is a subject that you have a frame of reference for. So when your professor starts using certain terminology, you know what they're talking about because you've heard those words before. But if you are suddenly finding yourself in um, an entrepreneurial business class, and you don't have any experience with business terminology or entrepreneurship, 
then you might have to start at those basic levels of just defining the words that are in your notes. You've got this new terminology. Now you need to know what your professor is talking about. So definitions can be looking things up. In the dictionary, on you know, an online dictionary or an actual paper dictionary, there's no reason why a college student shouldn't still have a dictionary app really close at hand because you're constantly bombarded with brand new information. Um, defining words that mean one thing in your real life and a separate thing in within that context of that subject. Because sometimes words don't have exactly the same meaning in a, a specific um, content area. So you want to make sure you're understanding not just the definition of a word, but how it is being used in that content area. So looking up definitions in your book, asking your professor, looking up uh, videos online where other people are explaining these definitions. Start making, um, give yourself examples of those definitions. You can write down synonyms. You can write down antonyms. You can draw pictures that will help you remember these. And then knowing the related terms. So anything that helps you remember and understand the definitions, that's really important. The remembering piece is important. It just in different classes, it's going to require different things. You may remember a lot of stuff from your previous classes in, in a new subject, but if it is a brand new topic that you've never heard of before, you're going to have to go back to the basics and learn the definitions. The next thing you want to do with your notes is you want to start applying the information. So you're going to use that information. You're going to create... Um, different note structures. You're going to diagram things. You might want to do something like draw a concept map. And a concept map um, looks like, I'm going to show you something else here on my computer screen. Hopefully it'll show up pretty well for y'all. A concept map looks like this, where you have a um, for those of you who can't see it, um, it, it, you have the main topic in the middle and then it's kind of like a flow chart. You start to show how the concepts and how the terms relate to each other. So rather than it being just a bunch of words on a paper, you now have circles around, um, your definition or around your terms. And then you might put ovals or rectangles around your definitions. And you're going to have arrows pointing at, at different things. You know, what I like to tell my students is um, the things that you're learning in class are not individual terms and individual concepts. They all relate. There's an arc to the semester, typically, um, where your professor is trying to take you from one point and you're going to take this arc all the way to the end point of the semester. And you're going to, along that process, you're going to learn lots of different concepts and terms but you can't think of those concepts and terms as being individual things. You need to see how they fit into the arc and how they relate to one another. That really is taking you from that basic remembering all the way up to those higher levels of thinking to where you can take this information and now apply it to novel situations or novel examples like a case study, and you will understand what is going on. So when you start to make something like a concept map, you take those notes. This is a way to rewrite your notes in a different way. You take the information that you learned in your notes and you put it in a concept map and you're creating something new and you're starting to see the relationships and the connections that that material can make. Um, another thing that you can do with your notes, if you did not create 
your turn your Cornell notes into a question answer page. That's something that you can easily do. You write all of the questions on one half of your paper, and then you write all the answers on the other half of your paper. And then you do just the same thing of folding it in half. The reason why doing something like that is so good is because it, it you are creating a study tool. And often what happens is um, students wait until two days before the test and then they create their study tools. Oh, I have a test tomorrow. I need to start my flashcards. Well, you know, if you start creating your flashcards the day before the test, you don't really give yourself time to use the flashcards. So if in your daily reflect section sessions and your weekly study sessions, if you start creating some of these study tools like question answer pages or concept cards, flashcards, you will then build up your tools for studying later. So you create the concept cards or flashcards, you create the question answer pages so that later when it is time to study for the test, you've already got those study tools at your disposal. You're not having to create them and then try to use them immediately. Creating those studies, study tools like flashcards or question, you know, quizzes for yourself, that is also a form of studying. So you want to process the information in a different way. And that's why so many people like to do, make, do things like rewrite their notes because you're processing the information in another way. You are, you have listened to it and written it down and now you're looking at it and writing it down. But I would encourage people to create something new with their notes don't just do a basic copy word for word because you're not adding anything new to it. When you create something like a concept map or you create a question answer page or you turn your notes from your regular class notes into the outline format where you see the, the, the main headings and the subheadings or you turn it into the T-chart that has the main headings on the left-hand side and then the um, subheadings on the right-hand side or you create flashcards, that's doing something with your notes. You're creating something new. You're seeing the connections. You're having to process the information in a different way. And that's really what you need to be able to do. Really, the whole point of taking the notes is so that you can later study them and review them for the test. You have to have learned the information prior to studying for the test in order to actually study for the test. They call it a test review because you're supposed to review what you already know. And you can know that information by taking good notes and then doing something with them later. The biggest piece, as I'm just explaining now, of using your notes and being prepared for a test is the piece of self testing. So I say this all the time. Your professor is not testing you over how well you can read your own notes. They are testing you over how well you can remember and apply the information to new situations or new concepts. So if you haven't done that, if all you've done is read through your notes, you will not be prepared for a test because you haven't really done what the professor is asking you to do. The professor is asking you to remember and apply. And if you add that into your study sessions, you add this apply piece into your study sessions, you're going to get way more out of them. You're going to be more prepared for the test. Now, it takes a little more time. You can't just expect to show up to class, 
take notes, and then show up on the test day and be prepared. You have to um, take some time with the material. So that leads me to starting to think now about test book reading, uh, textbook reading, because this is another piece that people are always asking me, how do you do that? So I like to explain textbook reading like this. It is not a novel. It is not a movie. You do not want to be surprised by what happens at the end of a chapter. So you want to read a textbook in a much different way than you would read a book. I just read the book, uh, Little Fires Everywhere. It was an awesome book. It's being turned into a show. Um, I'm excited about that. And when I read that book, I wanted I wanted the mystery to unfold. I wanted to be surprised by what was coming up next. When you're reading a textbook, there is no need to create mystery, okay? You want to know what is happening. So before you sit, when you sit down to read, before you start with the first paragraph, what you want to do is you want to read through the headings. Go through and look at all the bold words. Read them out loud to yourself. Um, You could also write them down and start to create questions based on those headings and subheadings and bolded words. Then if your book has a summary at the end of the chapter, read the summary first. This gives you, just like when you preview for a class, reading the summary first gives you direction. It puts you in the frame of mind to read the chapter. It tells you all the information, but in really small snippets so that you get an idea of where the chapter is going. Now, after you have read the headings and subheadings, you have created questions based on those headings and subheadings and bolded words, and you have read the summary. Now you go back and you read the chapter. What you want to do is you want to read the chapter with a purpose. I don't know how many times I have sat down to read a a, a textbook um, and fallen asleep or read the same paragraph 15 times and still not have any idea what I've read. When you create those questions with the uh, headings and subheadings, when you do that in your pre-reading, then what you have done is you have given yourself a purpose to reading. Now, obviously, the purpose is to understand the information and because most students would tell you, I'm reading this because my professor told me to. But when you create your own purpose by creating um, these questions to answer, then you're more motivated to read because now, instead of having to read the entire textbook cover to cover, you're reading to answer the questions that you created. Now. That your answers and your understanding of the material are only going to be as good as the questions you created. So instead of just asking basic definition questions like what is um, um, uh, mitosis, you want to say, what is the relationship that mitosis has with other things? So instead of just asking basic understanding questions, basic memory skills, you want to add in questions that have the apply section to them, okay? So those are different skills. Just understanding a definition might be one piece that you need, but then the apply, um, understand the the context, understanding the um, connections that that term has with other things, that could be another piece that you add in for your questions. So now you read to answer the questions that you've created Um, from your pre-reading. So reading a textbook involves pre-reading and reading. Now, 
I am a big fan of underlining and highlighting. That helps me, um, it just points things out that are important from the textbook. But just like taking notes, if I don't go back and do something with what I've highlighted or what I've underlined in my textbook, then it's really not the most useful thing to do. So another thing that you can do if you don't want to do the headings and subheading question on a separate sheet of paper, you could annotate your book as you go. You all know that you have paid for or rented your textbooks um, when you are in college. And so you can write in them. It's so exciting to be able to write in a book. You can write really useful information in the margins. So don't just stick with the highlighting and underlining is a really passive way of reading. You're not really getting a lot out of it. But if you do something new, you turn the words into something new by writing in your own words definitions or writing relationships in the margins. That's where you get to that creating something new that can make it so much more useful. So taking good notes in class and reading your textbook before class are essential pieces to doing well in college. But it doesn't stop there. You have to then take that information and do something else with it. That really is the, um, the, the skill that takes you from being a, a C or low B student to a, a, a full-on B or A student. It's taking the information and using it outside of class. Yes, it takes time. And yes, the first few times you do it, it's going to feel clunky and it's going to feel like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever to read this chapter or it's taking forever to learn this information because I'm doing something new with my notes. But when you start to make it a habit, just like the time management skills, it starts, you start to see the benefits. The very first time you do it, you may not see any benefits. That's okay. You need to manage your expectations of, I have to do this several times in a row to really see the benefits. It's like working out or eating right. The very, you can't go on a three mile run and expect to be for one time and then expect to be an amazing runner. You can't eat one calorie conscious meal and expect to lose weight. Those things take time. You can't one time have a therapy session and think all of your problems are solved and you have no more anxiety and no more depression. All of those things take consistent, um, they they take diligence. You know, you have to be diligent. um, You have to be consistent and you have to do it over and over again to really get something out of it. So note taking, it's not just about taking the notes in class. It's doing something with them later. And for textbook reading, it's a matter of pre-reading and knowing what to look for when you pre-read so that you can get the most out of your reading time. You have to make a conscious choice. Do I want to be a student who barely gets by? Which is fine. If that's the choice that's right for you, please, by all means, make it. If you, if you know, once you have a college degree, you have a college degree. Not very many people are going to ask you for your GPA, if anybody. So you can be a C student and be perfectly happy and be fine. If you, if it's important to you and your values and your family and what you want to be as far as after college for you to have been an A student, then you have to make some some choices about the kind of effort that you want to put in. And taking 
good notes and using those notes later and reading your textbook and using that information later, that's really what's going to set you apart from somebody who um, is just barely trying to get by. Both of those have value, just barely getting by and excelling beyond um, uh, expectations. It really just depends on what you want to get out of college and what you're hoping to do with the information later. You know, you're going to have some classes where it's a one-off. You're taking one class in this subject and you just need to get a grade in it so you can move forward. You might choose on that class to just barely get by. If you're taking classes in your major, you may start to see that the information in one class builds. And so the next class builds on that previous information. And so you may realize in those classes, I need to be a different kind of student. Both are okay. You need to decide what is right for you and know that um, there are strategies that you can use in both areas to help you be the kind of student that you want to be. If you are taking major classes or classes that has information that that you're going to need later, you're going to want to practice some of these strategies I've talked about today with note-taking and textbook reading so that you can retain that information beyond just one test. Okay, so again, this is a lot of information. Um, I talk about this information a lot. I give seminars on these topics um, on college campuses, and they I'm passionate about them because I've said this before, this isn't rocket science. This is all stuff that is perfectly within your realm of possibilities that you can do to be a good student, to be the kind of student that you want to be. Sometimes it just takes a little nudge or a little reminder of how to get them done. These are strategies that can help make that transition to college and throughout college go much more smoothly and help make you feel like you are being you are a success in college. And success looks different to different people, but these are just a few strategies that you can use to help make your time and the transition to college successful. Thanks for listening today. I know this was a lot of information. I hope you found something useful in it. You can apply these skills of, of reading and textbooks textbook uh, textbook reading and note-taking to different areas of your life, not just in the education setting. And so I hope that you can pick out some little nuggets that will be helpful to you. Thanks so much for your time. Remember, I'm Leanne Finley-Maxwell with Panther City Partners. Um, I work with people going through changes and transitions in their lives, and I help them to discover the strategies and the tools that will make those things go more smoothly. Remember, the only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. Check me out on Instagram at Panther City Partners. Download the podcast, listen, share, like. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.